I'm not winging it. I just don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That means winging it, That's winging it. Like, we was really just playing with this shit. Like, it really wasn't nothing to us. Get that yes. Get that yes. Good evening, morning, afternoon. Good day to you hoes. Thank you for tuning back into my podcast. This is episode three. I don't know what I'm going to name it yet. I have no idea. Uh, maybe the episode that lived because uh, I did originally think that the part two of Potomac was boring. And I have I have been told not to call things that I'm going to review boring and not harp on it. So I won't because it actually became interesting during my rewatch but before we get to that I have to thank you guys so much for for sincerely fucking with my show I appreciate it so much you guys don't know what it means when I look on to my analytics and I see you know who's downloading it where um, you know, how many listens it's it's an amazing feeling because like I said, this is something that I always wanted to do. You guys have just been there every step of the way. I mean, from reminding me, where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? When are you going to start it? When are you going to start it? Where's the link to coming in and actually listening? Like it's I know you guys don't like the cheesy shit and y'all want me to get into dragging, but I am just honestly so grateful and my energy has been in such a great place. It's even hard for me to get on here and drag these women like I want to because I'm just so happy. It's hard to drag people when you're happy. I'm just so happy that you guys have tuned in. But please don't take that as um, me saying that you guys need to tune out because then I'm going to get angry. <laughs> so thank you guys for supporting me so much. Um a life update since I guess last week. Um, I have just been up and down, up and down, trying to find some consistency and reminding myself that every day is its own little war. Actually, every day it's its own little battle, but my life is a war <laughs> and um, I'm trying to win battles, but I'm also trying to win the war. Some of the things don't go my way, you know. I just have to talk to myself like I would talk to a little child who who isn't doing what I need them to do. I just kind of talk very nice to myself. <laughs> um, but I have had a very interesting week. I've actually had a very fun week. Um, I went to Eureka Springs, which is like on the top of a mountain in Arkansas to celebrate one of my good friends. Um, she graduated from master school <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it's called grad school I guess she graduated from grad school and so uh we all went up there and had a really good time uh not that you guys even give a fuck but I'm always the first person to tap out whether that's a blunt which I don't smoke or liquor that I don't drink I am always the first to tap out and have my eyes crossed but honey I put up round for round this weekend round for round baby I was the champ so <clears throat> actually my friend was a champ for graduating and shout out to her. Now let's get on to uh, Real Housewives of Potomac part two of the reunion. So 
Monique Binder starts off part two of the reunion, of course. And remember, if you remember um, all the allegations that were from last uh, that were from the last part of the reunion about Jamal Bryant being a cheater, this relationship being fake, which I mean, some people say it's stale tea, but I don't give a fuck because sometimes I let my tea get cold, too, but it still do its job when I'm ready to sip. You heard? Um, (laughs) So Monique makes the big D comment about Jamal. And I just wanted, I just wrote that down because for one, I hear opposing things about Jamal's big D. I hear that it's a big little D and then I hear it's a big D. I hear that he fucks with teenagers of his congregation. Then I hear that he fucks with men of his congregation. I hear so much surrounding that big D and I hear so many nicknames, Mr. Chocolate, Mr. Payday, you know, Mr. Take Five. You know, <clears throat> I just want to know. I want to know what it's hidden for. I want to know what it's hidden for to make a 60-year-old want to double back, whether that's for a storyline or for real love, uh, with a man who has given her an STD, who has sent her to um, a psych ward, um, who has all but severed his relationship with his daughters, um, because they don't trust him. But anyway, y'all, that was not me farting. I know that I'm really gassy, but I swear that's my chair. I might need to put some WD 40 on that because that sounded real close to when I be popping peas. Um, but new birth people, if you out there listening, let me know, why do you attend that church? And I hope you don't pay tithes. I hope you go there and just get the word and just go home. I hope you are not giving him $5. Mm-mm. I know it's supposed to be 10%, but I give the Lord $5 because that's all that was given to me when I was a kid. Okay. I wasn't given 10% of shit. So, um, the ladies are talking, Andy's asking a bunch of questions. And then Giselle essentially says that her and Jamal are fine. All the communication falls on her end. And I think that when Jamal said that on the show, it was very manipulative for one, like everything that Jamal, Jamal says a lot of nothing. And I noticed that when he went on Instagram live and tried to call out Chris and Monique, he never actually denied anything that Monique said. He tried to shift the time slots back and said, well, let's talk about this and how I didn't invite you here and how I didn't invite you there. And I told you not to come here. But none of that really negates anything that the woman is saying. None of it. Also, you claim that you never spent the night at her house and she never spent a night at yours. But why are y'all in a bed together? See, that's again, talking a lot about nothing or going to or or saying things to fall back on a technicality. Because I do that. Game recognize game, boo. Like, no, I didn't go over to her house and fall asleep. But we were in a hotel room and we did have sex and sleep in there that's you know to me that's like come on y'all are y'all are 50 um and I noticed that Candace was throwing some little slick shots and shade here and there but she was playing it off as just questions for good old Giselle um but Giselle's no fool Candace you better watch out if your ass on the show next season you're going to get it they're going they don't like you sis This was just a way for them to get Monique off the show, who they also don't like. But you need to understand 
that you better ride this shit out for as long as you can because when when whoever's off the show and the in the in the gun back facing you, they gonna blow your fucking head off. Um I finally see Karen's bra and <laughs> y'all are so dramatic. <laughs> y'all are so dramatic. Get a life. It was a clear bra. Um the perfect garment for the dress. Obviously it shifted a little bit. I don't know anyone who sits in the chair and, and does not move around. She has to get up. They're under hot lights. Like, come on. She wore the proper garment for the dress. She had a, I wouldn't even call it a malfunction. You could see the clear bra, but I mean, shit. I mean, the bitch got titties. They got to get held up. I don't understand why Karen's bra was even a topic of conversation. You act like she wore a country ass white strap bra with a see-through dress and that's just not what happened boo she got the correct garments for it what y'all want her to do she can't just wear breast tape that woman is old that skin is soft you know when uh when people get old their skin gets soft and you can't put all that duct tape and that bra tape i'm getting old i'm 26 and 20 2000 and was it 19 when did i turn five in my sorority 29 uh, <laughs> anyway y'all I went on this little um I went on a trip to New Orleans with my line sisters for my anniversary and I had boob tape on and when I took them pasties off at night I ripped a piece of my breast off yes and I still have a big gash over a year later where this bra or this little nipple cover or whatever took off my skin I'm 26 with very elastic skin so just imagine how someone who's like 57 like their skin you can't put any scotch tape on that on that woman's breast she had to have a little hard a little hard underwire or whatever the clear stuff was bra hard cut bra to, to keep the, the the chest up I don't know why we're harping on that. Then, you know, everyone cuts to commercial and they go take a lunch break. So the Green Eye Bandits are in somebody's dressing room. I'm assuming Giselle's because why would they be in Robin's? Robin is not the leader here. And they're just trying to play it off like Monique is so lame. Why does she have all this time to make this binder? And it's a loser binder and it's a burn book and whatever else. And you know what really pisses me off about Giselle Bryant and Robin and her goddamn zebra print hair? And people like them, don't tell me how to react to you. Don't tell me how to react to you. Even though I'm about to tell Candace down the line in this episode how to react to Monique. I'm telling you, don't tell me how to react to you. If you, and you know what, bitches, and that's what the thing is. It's very high school. It's like when the popular girls get ate up by somebody they consider a nerd. And they're like, oh my God, you're doing the most. Because they done finally blew up on that ass. But it's like, what about all them times you sat up and fuck with that girl? This, you know, figurative girl that you sat up and you fucked day in and day out. Made a little snide come in here. Make a little snide come in here. So she finally come with a receipt book or a burn book or whatever the fuck it is. And now he's like, oh, you so pressed. You doing a lot. No, baby. That's built up. You are pressed because you consistently press play on some bullshit throughout a season. And now you, you, I don't get it when people act above the mess when it's back on them. 
And the ladies have a really bad habit of accusing of accusing each other of being messy and lame and whatever else they they use them like old woman speak and they're all really doing the same exact shit it's really confusing but anyway um <laughs> uh, when we come back from commercial break uh we get on ashley and i have mixed feelings about ashley on one hand i remember this bitch being a terrorist <laughs> she's accused Karen of saying heinous things about Ray. She has absolutely obliterated Katie Ross. Probably the reason why she's not even on the show. She's gotten into Robin and Juan's tax business. I'm pretty sure she's gotten into it with Giselle. Or if she hasn't, that's the only person she has not gotten into it with. She has caused Candace to wave a knife at her aggressively. Um, she has accused Monique of drunk driving. Um, and I say all that to say that this season, she still held it the fuck down and I like her for this season, but I'm not fooled. (laughs) I'm not fooled by Miss Ashley. I know what she's capable of. And I know that once she drops some babies and she drops that gay nigga that she's stringing along for that check, cause she ain't got no post nut. We're going to see that old Ashley jump out. And I'm ready for it, but I'm glad she didn't bring it out this um, year. Now, they flash, they do her little package or whatever. And one thing I loved about Ashley was that she pumped everywhere. Whipping out a titty to feed Dean or to pump or to just pump and dump. I like it. I think it's something that we should make more normal or we should normalize it a little bit. I I like her willingness to show this shit on camera because a lot of women are still very much ashamed and and I don't like the the nasty looks that people give people like that like you know first of all breasts are made for babies to eat off of <laughs> I mean that's their biological function everything else is just man made man construed bullshit um but I, I like her willingness to be open with those damn breasts and I I like mommy Ashley. I like her going into mommy mode. She's less of a demon. I don't know if it's because postpartum has been whooping her ass. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Oh, well, I guess we'll get to that right now. So Ashley did experience postpartum depression. I could definitely tell that the fact that she was feeling like guilty to give her body up to anyone. She, her separation anxiety that she had from her kid. See me, a nigga like me, I be experiencing prepartum depression. You know, when my period get a little late, I get very depressed because I'm like, damn, I'm gonna have to spend $800, you know, making some shit disappear. I don't want to spend $800 to make shit disappear. But unfortunately, I live in a Bible belt. And I get to send them up to King Jesus afterwards. But that depression stuff is real. I don't deal with postpartum depression. I do deal with prepartum depression. And I do deal with clinical depression every once in a while, like all the time, actually. So um, I know how much of a beast that could be when your mind is playing tricks on you and your chemicals are all out of, you know, whack and Um, things that seem very real just aren't it's all figments I wouldn't say of of your imagination but when you do get on a straight path and you do get those chemicals rebalanced you do see how life is so much different than what lens you were looking 
at it through and I'm trying to use my words very carefully because I don't want to be dismissive. I am actually trying to be very supportive, but I understand to an extent what Ashley went through. Um, and I'm glad that she actually showed that. I think that some mothers needed to see that some people are going through this shit alone and people are just telling them, Oh, you're wrong for feeling this way. Oh, get over it. Yada, 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 yada. But it was good for that representation to be on the show. So then we get to um, the lake house trip and how, um, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, I think Giselle said it wasn't even seven minutes and Michael had already cheated on Ashley while she brought her baby onto an all girls trip because he didn't watch the baby because he wanted to go out and bring sex workers back to a hotel room, not have sex with them and claim that they still demand money in the morning. Now, um, Ashley believes that Michael did not have sex with the sex worker that he brought back to the hotel to have sex with in the hotel room that he purchased to have sex with somebody. Um, and I guess I'm Miss America. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about that. At this point, it's clear that Ashley and Michael have some sort of arrangement that they have not brought um, out on reality TV. And I don't think it's simply that, oh, we might bring someone home and have sex with them every once in a while type thing. I think that Michael is allowed to have free reign and she does not know how to say that to the public without seeming like the gold digging scumbag that she is. But is she really a scumbag if she's gold digging from another scumbag? One could say that could cancel each other out, right? Um, I also feel like Ashley got pregnant for two things. One, for reunion immunity, because you can't go in on someone when they're pregnant at a reunion. And two, um, to get her bags up. Now, I don't know how child support works in Potomac or in Maryland, um, but shit in texas you can only get so much now so you could be fucking with a millionaire but he'll only have to pay your ass like five thousand dollars a month which for me would be fine if i liked kids but i absolutely hate them i'm gonna need at least 10 g's so oh yes andy brings up michael and juan are conveniently not at the reunion i think they're both in las vegas like pulling on each other's dicks and having like shots of scotch and talking about how women and bitches be tripping and stuff like that. Michael is supposedly supporting a friend at a wedding in South Carolina. How convenient is that? I just think that he did. I think he embarrassed Ashley all season again, and he just didn't want to face the flame. He didn't want his feet held to the fire for it. Um, so what better way, to, what better thing to do than to actually hold up an obligation, which I'm pretty sure he does not give a fuck about. And he would have, just as quickly sent a gift if this was a better season for him but he didn't want to have to answer them questions about one and robin you see how red he got on the finale good news um good news ashley is no longer affected by postpartum depression um the bad news is, is that it took um her booty hole tear uh, a lot longer to heal than it than her mental state did from having um baby dean 
I do pray for her uh, with her second baby because sometimes postpartum depression can get worse. But on the other hand, she is a very privileged, um, semi-white looking woman uh, with a bunch of resources at her age. So I do hope that she uses those. A lot of us brown and black girls, we don't have that opportunity to go to therapy or to even know about it. Um, and then speaking of postpartum depression, babies in Lake House, Wendy claims she flipped out because she low-key wanted her baby to come. She saw Dean and she wanted her baby. I don't care. I can't remember what her baby's name is. I guess that's fair. I ain't never been a mom. So I ain't never been somewhere and wanted a kid to be there. I just can't relate to that. Um, I don't know if that's a good excuse, but I do want to say that Wendy's makeup looks absolutely good. I'm just so glad that she finally matched her neck. And that's honestly not even shade. I know that's a hard thing to do, but Miss Wendy was given very much so caramel at the top of her neck. And, um, Ooh, do y'all remember the, um, Girl Scout cookies called all abouts how they were like, um, a wafer, a little bit like a vanilla wafer or something like that or a butter wafer. And then on the bottom, there was a layer of chocolate. That's how Wendy was looking. Okay. Ashley reveals to us that she cheats back. Um, can someone insert crickets right there? Okay. I don't know what she got out of revealing that. It still doesn't make sense because the difference between Ashley Darby and Michael Darby is that whatever the fuck Ashley is doing on the side, I have no idea about it unless she tells me on the show. Michael, however, every week outside of the show, there's a new scandal with a new guy. Yes, with a new guy. In regards to something with Michael and his penis. So, no, I don't believe that you really cheat back. I don't think that you have the range to do that. And I don't think that Michael sat up and forgave you. And I don't think that Michael is really working on it. He's fucking 70. What do you mean? Like, either you got it or you don't. I had an ex-boyfriend every time I would try to study. Girl, okay, why is my email popping up? This shit is annoying. Um... <laughs> I had an ex-boyfriend that would tell me every time I would try to study, he was like, if you ain't got it by now, you ain't got it. And granted, he was wrong in that instance, but if you apply that shit to other aspects of life, it's true. If you don't have it by now, you're not going to get it. She claims they don't have an open marriage. I don't know what y'all call bringing in thirds and shit is. I mean... Maybe there's no second or third official partner, but if, if what y'all are saying is happening, that's an open marriage. You guys are open to having sex with other people. Um, and she denies sleeping with Katie Rose. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't, I never thought that. I never heard that rumor. Um, and I would think it would be Candace. Um, well, if Ashley were to have sex with someone, I think it would be Candace or Robin. Um, if Katie was to have sex with someone, I think it would be Robin or Portia or one of the ladies from Beverly Hills. I would say New York, but them bitches gangster, okay? Katie get around one of them bitches and start licking the pussy the wrong way and get her ass whooped. No, thank you. Um... I don't know why I said that. Like, I was going to get my ass whooped, but I wouldn't eat them hoes out either. You heard me? Like, I just imagine cigarettes, piss. 
and my hair pulled out. Um, they do ask Ashley if she is afraid that Michael will commit again. And she says that she's going to be honest. She does worry about it a little bit. She does not have a prenup in place anymore. She also does not have a postnup agreement. And I don't know. I've never been married. My boyfriend is imaginary. Um, I don't know about these things. I just know that more and more of the courts are not skewing in favor of the woman anymore. And when these men have resources, they have lawyers and things that, that you cannot afford. If he decides to shut down all the bank accounts and all of this, long story short, please don't get asked out. Please just come with a few more dollars that, 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 that you came in with. That's all I'm asking for. So if that needs to be a post-nuptial agreement, get that shit down. Get that shit in writing. Put that shit on paper. Protect yourself. Um, Karen gives advice, and her advice was that, you know, they should, or she basically said that, Ashley and Michael should kind of work through it because there's a little boy in the picture and Andy brings up that Giselle has three kids and Karen really says um, she supports Giselle, but she wants to support a real family. I don't think anyone, including Giselle and Jamal, are buying in that this relationship is real. I definitely think it is for cameras. It has to be. It doesn't make sense any other way. Um, of course, Giselle's retort back to Karen is that she's full of shit. Now, I want to say, I think that Karen would honestly support Giselle if Giselle would allow Karen to be of support. But Giselle, you can't go around trying to make Karen the butt of every joke. And you're always trying to expose her on some shit like she's phony. And I don't think Karen is phony. I think she's guarded. And we're going to talk about that in the next um segment but you i think at one point karen was genuinely genuinely trying to be friends with giselle and that shit just didn't work out and i think it was giselle's fault um so an old cliff research uh An old clip resurfaces of Michael um, gripping a producer's ass. Another producer. Not the producer that he touched. Not the camera guy that he touched at Monique's house. But another producer. And Ashley defends him saying that the producer calls him zaddy. And that they have a very flirtatious relationship. But somehow she wants to convince us that Michael is not attracted to men. What man has a very flirtatious relationship with another man and is not attracted to men? Oh, Michael Darby, because he has a very flirtatious relationship with one. He flirts, one ignores it. But at the same time, we know that, you know, he has his feelings for this man. Candace finally says some shit that I agree with. She's like, give it up, girl. It happened. <laughs> she's just over it. she's like you know it fucking happened you know and she's referring to the ass grab at monique's house which i do believe that the samuels did get rid of that tape so you mean to tell me you grabbed everybody ass and you 
said that you want to suck everybody dick and you turn beat red when the love of your life proposed to his uh his fiance <sighs> michael you know you did it you know you gay come on out the closet baby Cause the closet is coming up from around you. It's not enclosing you anymore. You're not in it. I just, I want Michael and Ashley to be very transparent. If you were sugar, baby, just say that it's okay at this point, but this is embarrassing. Um, we're just going to move on to Karen. So everyone likes Karen's house. And I'm very glad that Robin Dixon of all people loves Karen house. She says it's cozy. Thank you so much, Robin Dixon. I don't know what we would have done without your opinion on a house, Robin Dixon. Um, Robin asked Karen why she was so dismissive in regards to the whole fireball stuff. So obviously, Karen shows her true colors when she gets drunk. She's more laid back. She's more humorous. She talks a lot of shit. And she has an affinity for fireball. Obviously... Karen realizes the next day after she overshares with people that she has done so and she goes back into wall up mode. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Here's the thing. I literally just called the play on what Karen does. Why do you need confirmation from Karen if that's what Karen does if we all fucking see it? And I had to learn that too. Stop trying to get an answer out of somebody that you already know if you already know the sky's blue why are you trying to sit up and pull it out of a motherfucker who's saying it's green why um andy does ask karen this question and i'm like why is this shit being brought up because i honestly feel like this was one or two seasons ago i don't know why it's coming back up but i know I know Andy is a little messy broad. He got to do what he got to do. He asked if um, Karen has disdain for Ray's penis. I don't know what he expected. I don't know if he thought that Karen was just going to get on the mic and say, uh, yeah, but let's just break it down a little bit. Ray is 70. I think men start having erectile dysfunction, um, especially with this new generation around 26. It's all them damn Mollies and Percocets. But let's just take it back to Ray's generation. He's 70. I'm pretty sure his dick is shriveled up. I'm pretty sure it does not get up. And with it, and if it does get up, it's off Viagra. So it's not going down. No one wants to sit up and fuck for an hour, especially when you got a dry ass vagina because you're fucking 57 yourself. So, yes, Karen has some disdain for Ray's penis, but she's getting older. He's getting older. Bodies just aren't attractive anymore, and they're not really attracted to each other. But they're going to make it work. They got to keep shit alive because just like them two old motherfuckers not attracted to each other, these young motherfuckers ain't attracted to them either. They attracted to that paycheck. We see Karen ain't got her driver no more. Karen also mentioned that she spoke with Ray in regards to... uh, the tax issue, which I'm actually glad she did. I'm tired of people, her saying that she needs her money back. I think she was joking, but in a serious manner, but in a jokingly manner, but in a serious manner. Like, I think she would love if Ray gave her that money back, but realistically they're married and the money seems to be going into the same accounts any fucking way. And he sat up there and supported her ass all through their fucking marriage when she wasn't doing shit, but raising them fucking kids. 
and starting and, and starting shit with Giselle and running around behind Sharice and them. So I'm glad that she came to the realization that Ray has been holding her down for however long and that the least she could have done was return the favor when shit got rough. Next, hopefully these hoes can leave that shit alone. Um, Andy actually shades Monique. And what I don't like about it is that people are making it seem like Monique is braggadocious. But I feel like if you try me like that, I'm going to respond. Don't ask me if I'm homeless and I have four homes. Don't ask me about this check. And then when I tell you, listen, this check really ain't shit. That little check ain't nothing in comparison to what my husband brings in. And you're saying, well, he don't bring that in no more. You don't know what the fuck Chris Samuels brings in. And that's Andy's problem sometimes. You are not the end all be all. You might be Philanethia, baby, but I think the Samuels are good. G-O-O-D, good, okay? Um, she says that Chris invested well. I hope that she signed well. And what I mean by sign, I mean, I hope that the prenuptial agreement that they have um, includes her and, and a lot of the, the estate and inheritance and whatever else you want to call. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a probate lawyer. I don't know what the terms are, but y'all know what I'm getting at. I hope that um, as much as she does like to talk about Chris's money, that she's going to get some after his passing. Um, Robin reveals that she splits bills with one. I mean, it's no surprise there, girl. <laughs> That's the least your ass could do. You fucking took all that man money, gave it to your best friend. Your best friend fucking spent it on Rolexes, cars, and stuff. And then when he got caught, he died. He couldn't. Y'all couldn't even sue that nigga and get it back. He said, "Get that shit back in blood." Word to Pooh Shiesty. Um. Oh, Lord. Look, I didn't turn on my Siri talking shit. There we go. Um, Giselle says Karen knew that Ray didn't love her. And that her reaction to that was just out of embarrassment. And I'm like, you know what, Giselle? How much of a hater can you really fucking be? That lady was not fucking embarrassed. That lady was fucking hurt and embarrassed. Okay? Like, why would you think that everything is so fucking fake i think that you think that because you're in a fake relationship for cameras and you're fucking up the livelihood of your daughters at very keen ages you know what i mean like you have you have some nerves but you know what they say when you project you project things that you would do you you see things the way that you would do things a lot of times so of course she thinks that Karen was putting on for cameras and knew that Ray didn't love her anymore. I think it was very genuine. I don't think Karen is that good of a goddamn actor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Andy asked Wendy about her two comments. <laughs> she said that you had a lot to say about uh, Karen and um, her vagina and then Wendy was like um I had I said two I, I made two comments and guess what Wendy bitch that was too too many but I ain't gonna harp on you too bad because colorism and I gotta watch what I say because I didn't harp on Ashley even though I didn't have a fucking podcast three seasons ago when she was talking about Ray's old dried up penis so I ain't gonna harp on you too long because I don't want it to become a colorist attack even though I ain't light skin. 
but I have to be mindful of that. And I'm not being funny. I really do. I, I have to make sure that I'm not being annoyed with Wendy because of some type of uh, subconscious uh, uh, bias that I may have towards her because of her skin color. I don't think that I do. I, I think I just find her to be a little pretentious, but I am just verbally saying it out loud so that I can be held accountable for if I go way too hard on Wendy. And of course, I won't be listening to any Wendy stands. But if there's any sane Monique stands out there or sane Kern stands and y'all feel like I go too hard on Wendy, just let me know because I ain't going to listen to nobody else. They're crazy. Um, <clears throat> Wendy says that the reason why she kept bringing up Karen's vagina and her sex life is because normally she found it odd that a married woman would share so much detail about their sex life. And I'm like, now I am not a member of the show, but I have been watching the show since season one. And these women definitely talk about sex. Um, you just attended a little dominatrix thing in Portugal. So I married people talk about sex all the time. And normally it is very uncomfortable if you're not married and listening to it because you're just like, now I got to think about you two motherfuckers having sex and I ain't getting none. <laughs> um, Karen reveals that she was guarded on the show because her parents were watching. And honestly, that makes perfect sense. I just encourage Karen to um, keep it up. Keep opening up. Be real. I like... I like this new Karen. Give it to us, but still do it in a classy way. I love the drunken Dom. <laughs> I love the drunken Dom. The grand Dom is great, but the drunken Dom, that woman be spitting. <laughs> so let's go to Monique. Um, keep in mind this entire episode and the episode before Candace has been taunting Monique She's been making slick comments. And one thing I don't understand is I don't understand being traumatized on one hand and saying that like, you you know, you're in a traumatic situation and this was very much so like a schoolyard bully type thing. Because when I encounter my bullies in high school and in middle school and stuff, unless I was just feeling very bold that day, I really didn't say nothing to them. I didn't, I just wanted it to be left alone. I was just kind of on mute. Now, of course, some days they literally just had me fucked up. And I was just like, you just gonna have to beat my ass today. And you know, I, you know, I stood up for myself, but she's not doing that because she keeps crying. It's like she talks shit and then she want to cry. And then she want to talk shit and then she want to cry. And then she want to talk shit. I guess you go through a wave of emotions though, but we'll get to that in a second. Um... So they bring up T'Challa running away from Monique for a day. Honestly, Monique is a fucking nutcase. I'm just going to say it. Her check didn't clear this episode, so I don't have to be that nice to her. Monique is a fucking nut job for putting this goddamn bird on a fucking leash. But I love it. It makes for good TV. I don't understand why she would get a bird and she's already complaining about um, her wifely and motherly duties saying that she's overwhelmed uh, because now you have to hire a pet keeper. They bring up, I guess some of the ladies were being prudes and were offended by Chris imitating oral sex um, when he had to imitate Monique. Now, 
Was it cringe to have to watch that? Yes. But Chris and Monique are always talking and joking about sex on their lives, on, you know, TV, I think in regular conversation, they always make jokes to their sex life. So for them, it was not cringe. I think that out of all the impressions for him to do with Monique, maybe that was a little like, nigga, that wasn't your second impression. You couldn't have did something else, but you know, maybe it is very telling to what he thinks of her. And maybe I'm just being biased because if Jamal Bryant would have did that for Giselle, oh, he would have been all of the big scumbags in my book. But, you know, I'm holding out that maybe her check will come through for this third podcast episode. If not, you in danger, girl. The other ladies were offended. Uh, Wendy was guffawing. She was like, you know. Um, Candace has something to say, and it's like Candace, if you if you traumatized, go be traumatized and quiet, sort it out. But you can't be traumatized and then egging on a response from somebody who already done beat your ass. Stop. Th- this is why it'd be so hard to feel bad for you because you do the same thing that got you popped last time. I don't get it. I don't. Anyway. Monique addresses the the plot and the rumor and the takedown. So this is what I got from the plot based on the lives I used to watch before the show started based on Candace's live where she revealed the plot and based on the reunion, Monique had a friend, a best friend named Gigi. Gigi wanted to be on the show. Monique and Gigi fall out because Gigi reached out to Chris one night after um they went to the club it was monique Gigi, maybe some other friends and the trainer allegedly monique and the trainer were a little close grabbing and grinding on each other and Gigi pulled them apart several times she then reaches out to chris the next day or she has her husband reach out i can't remember who did and was like you might need to check on monique and the trainer because what they were doing was inappropriate for one no bitch calling themselves my best friend will ever rat me out to my husband about shit that I'm doing. I don't give a damn if I'm sucking semen out a nigga dick in the middle of the club. If you're my best friend, you're my best friend. You don't do no hoe ass shit like that. And you don't go tell your bitch ass husband. Next. So, um, allegedly there's another rumor that Monique got pregnant And that miscarriage that she had was actually an abortion. And she had an abortion because she was pregnant by the trainer. Yes. Yep. Yep. Then the rumor was that Chase was not Chris. Now, all of these rumors are kind of gelling into each other. And so the plot was to bring this information onto the show and finally expose Monique. Candace got wind of the plot and called Karen. Karen informed Monique. Candace gets on IG Live and confirms that that there was a meeting and that that was the plot. She is now denying that that was that she's now saying there was no plot. But before the show aired you got on and you confirmed this plot i think this is very very messy 
And I think we've now gotten into a very dark territory on Real Housewives of a Pump. I think we've gotten into a very dark territory on Real Housewives of Potomac because now there's nowhere to go except for lower. You know what I'm saying? They have now given us a level of drama that, you know, that little kiki shit they was doing before, it's not going to top it. They go back to that. We're going to be calling Potomac boring like we call Atlanta boring. They have now entered the madhouse and it, 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 it it's real. So I think Monique is bringing out all these rumors because this is some serious allegations to accuse someone of sleeping around with their trainer that their husband is paying for, then to accuse the woman of having an abortion instead of a miscarriage, and then to question the paternity of that abortion and the paternity of the of the new baby. That is a lot. That is that's some shit that you don't even put on wax like that. So, you know, Monique is defending herself. Um, then they kind of roll into the fight. Andy is basically saying, before he rolls to the fight, he's basically saying, like, why are you bringing this up? Obviously, it didn't make the show. Monique is all like, well, it did make the show, but y'all cut it out. Giselle is acting like she don't know what the fuck Monique is talking about. Andy is acting dumbfounded. Monique is acting very sure of the fact so who knows? I think that it was something. I think some of that stuff did get recorded and end up getting tossed out. Um, they show the fight and what led up to it. And all I could really notice was that Giselle and her three necks were just egging the shit on every, every, Clip had Giselle in it, stirring the fucking pot. Giselle caused this fight and what she helped cause it. Candace Candace started having tears in her eyes again. Lord have mercy. She's about the waterworks are about to come. Um there was a lot of back and forth about this fight. And I watched the fight in slow motion. And when I watched it in slow motion, Monique was not lying about what happened. Now, she may have lied about what about that whole wine glass thing when she said that that's why she went and attacked Candace because she was already attacking Candace. But everything else she said from the motion that Candace did under her chin um, to, you know, Candace pulling at her vest, which Candace admitted to in therapy. Remember that, guys, Candace admitted that she did tug at Monique's vest. Um, and Candace was definitely waving a broken wine glass. And when you slowed it down, you could see that she was not waving it because of the force of Monique. She was waving it because she was trying to cut Monique with that glass. She and, and a producer did get it up out of her hand. Shout out to that Twitter user who slowed that shit down. Thank you so much for slowing it down and pausing it, pausing it in the frame so that we could finally see it. Monique should feel very vindicated. Because everything that Andy and the rest of those girls sat up and said did not happen. Even the Bravo producers ran it back and showed that it did happen that way. And it was a very so, very much so mutually consented fight. Thank God that the state of Maryland threw it out. That woman does not deserve jail time behind Candace. And Candace does not deserve to get her mortgage paid because she talked shit and got hit. It happens, boo. And if Candace needs all the time in the world to heal from this, then Monique needs all the time in the world to get over them nasty ass rumors that Candace helped facilitate and 
Candace, because here's another thing that I forgot to mention when I was breaking down the rumor earlier. Candace, Gigi reached out to Candace first. And Candace did not initially respond. But then Candace passed her along to Sharice. And that was her end. You were plotting against Monique. When you invited Sharice to your uh, whatever engagement shower, whatever the fuck that was. You can say that that was my friend, but you use the you see, that's your problem. You use the word friend very loosely and too often because Sharice is not your friend. Sharice, remember when you tried to cuss her out? She's not going to forgive you for that. I know bitches like Sharice, okay? She's not. And I want Sharice back on the show, but she's not going to give you a fair shake. You've already fucked up with Sharice. And y'all sitting up here saying this woman's name all throughout this damn reunion when she didn't record it all season. They didn't cut her shit out because she wasn't talking about her um, divorce with Eddie. Oh, y'all got big Sharice fucked up. Big cha-cha finna come after y'all asses. And I hope she do. People forget, you know how Sharice moved because when she was pissed off at Giselle, she brought on Kendall with Monique. That's how they end up really starting to fall out because they was both plotting on some messy shit. But Sharice has done this before. She brought on Kendall to, to get at Giselle with, you know, Sherman, the whole Sherman thing. She does not play fair. When you piss off Sharice, she's going to do you greasy. Unfortunately, her plans don't work out the way she wants them to. But they gained enough traction. Um, Brent, uh, Andy asked about, no, Andy reads out a reader question, a listener question. And, um, and the question basically asked, why did Monique take a picture with Sharice at Andy's um Bravo baby shower and she said that they did not speak the entire time but they did take a picture next to each other because they were taking a RHOP picture and that was it I can see that I, like I said I still think Candace was plied and everyone says that she had good intentions I don't believe that for a second um Robin finally says something true we do give Sharice a lot of credit because like I said, I sure, I think the reason why the girls give Sharice so much credit is because she actually does have her leg into the Potomac inner society. And for whatever reason, she has not lost that leg just yet. Even though she's been on this show, she's gotten divorced from her cash cow. Um, she's still somebody who, if you want to get into the in crowd in Potomac, that's who you need to know. She has so many connections, but also not only does she have that many connections, that means she can also bring somebody on the show that can really fuck you up and, and put your real life on wax. And no one wants that, but she did say that, that they give Sharice too much credit. And in a way I do believe that I, feel, I believe that Sharice is one of those people. If you pay her dust, then that's it. Um, they ask why, sorry, <laughs> I got like four pages of notes. Really, all I did was a timeline on the show. Once again, no review, just a timeline of what happened and when. Um, they ask why Monique gathered the women 
to apologize to everyone but Candace. She says she wanted to apologize for putting them in harm's way. And I understand Monique was not remorseful at the time for beating Candace's ass. She was not going to give that girl an apology. She was not. I don't think she ever is. She might give it in part three. Um, and then here comes Candace. She tries to cry her way out of answering a question. Then she doesn't want Monique to answer. So then she goes ahead and answers it. And then she gets up and she leaves. And then Andy asks Monique about her nonchalance. And I'm like, at this point, she's been through all of her emotions at this point. She's an air sign, just like me. We've been through the emotions already. There's nothing else. I don't have anything else for you, boo. I don't. I don't. You want to get some emotions out of me? It's too late. I went through them all already. I don't have, I, I just don't have any more to give. And it slick sounded like she was trying not to laugh. And I was like, damn, Monique, like you got to at least pretend. I want Monique to pretend to care so she can get back on the show and she can have her little champagne flute next season. Um, but yeah, Candace walks out sobbing and that's the end. And then part three is where the men come on. Y'all, please pray that one of these people that listen to my podcast and have been saying that they want to co-host with me, get their ass on Zoom with me so that I can have somebody to bounce energy off of. It is so hard to sit here and talk for an hour straight by myself. I'm not even able to be funny because I have to get through all of the fucking show. So please. Yes, I'm calling out Xander Britt. I hope that her ass is ready to record the fucking podcast for part three. I mean, yeah, part three of the reunion. You heard? So um, other than that, I hope this review is all that you guys have asked for. Um, of course, send me emails. Oh, I actually did have a email to read out loud. Give me a second. Do you think Nene will be back on Real Housewives of Atlanta? Also, what about Sharice for Potomac? What would make either of them come back? What do you think was the biggest issue? So shout out to my profile. She's been a very uh, supportive person during this entire thing. She's been really dope. She said, um, do I think that Nene will be back on Real Housewives of Atlanta? Um, at first I did, but I think she's really burned her bridge. I don't think that you can curse out your boss and come back. This ain't basketball wives, honey. Um, do I want her back on? Yes. Maybe after two or three seasons where she can get back down to the Nene that I wanted, maybe like a season six Nene. Um, but I, I think that's a, that's a done deal for right now. And with Sharice, do I think Sharice will come back to Potomac? Sharice has been trying to come back to Potomac since she left, but they keep cutting all of the, all of the scenes that she records. They don't make it to TV. She's not interesting. She don't want to talk about Eddie. That's what they want her to talk about. Um, yeah, that's it. I think, with Nene, I think she's just gotten too big for the show. With Sharice, I think that she thought she was too big for the show. And I think she may have said something or done something to producers off camera that made them really be like, all right, little bitch, 
this how you want to act we'll cut your ass out of every scene then like fuck with me you gonna give us what we want or you not gonna be on this show and i think the same thing kind of applies for nini so i think that's what the biggest issue was and i think money money would make them come back (laughs) money because you got to be realistic once these shows take off no one else is going to pay you as much as this real housewives of atlanta or real housewives of potomac is going to pay you to do the things that you do you're literally getting paid you're supposed to be getting paid to live your life but i mean i know more goes into it but i think that would be their reasoning for coming back too so I'm me, I'm Barbie trippin', DB9, Barbie whippin', if he say he don't want me back, he'd be lying. bitch, I'm the source, Barbie dippin', I'm the boss, Barbie sippin', they keep telling me work it, I ain't got no choice, I'm all yours, Barbie kissin', call the stores, Barbie shippin', outdoor, indoors, baby, I'm a floss, wet, why of course, Barbie tippin', I endorse, Barbie strippin', mink, carpet, but I ain't got no floors, doors look like wings, Barbie sittin', by the